Welcome to 9 to 5 Mac Watch Time, a fortnightly interview series exploring the world of Apple Watch and how it's changing people's lives. I'm your host, Zach Hall. And this week I'm joined by the internet's favorite challenge podcast host, Alex Cox. Welcome to Watch Time, Alex. Thanks for being my next guest. Thank you so much for having me on <laughs> such a new show, too. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was looking at all the shows that you do and like even shows that I'm not super familiar with. You've got like dozens of episodes. So <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. We, we just released episode two of this show today. And so this will come out in two weeks from that. This is episode three. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the things where I've got so many things I can do and that I want to do. And, and with this, I'm trying to do this every two weeks for a few months and then call it you know, a season, um, because I'm really interested in this, in this area, but I, I can't do it all the time. Um, first of all, can you tell our listeners who you are and like all the 27 things that you do? <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Um, my jobby job that I do during the day is I am an AV producer for Cards Against Humanity, which is a uh, card game company in Chicago, Illinois. And I also do podcasts on the side. And I have a show called Do By Friday with Merlin Mann and Max Temkin, my boss. Everybody should start a <laughs> podcast with their boss. No, no awkward problems with that at all. Um, and I have a show on Relay FM called Roboism about feminism and robots. And most recently, um, I have a show with my spouse called Two Headed Girl, which is basically about queerness and transness and sort of what it's, what it's like to um, transition as a married couple. That's awesome. And you also do Supercomputer and the Robot and the Unicorn. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't want to like over overload it, but yes, I also do Supercomputer, which is a super nerdy uh, automation slash especially shortcuts based show. Right. With my pal Matthew Casanelli, awesome of he of formerly Workflow uh, fame, and mm -hmm. the Robot and the Unicorn, which is like literally a two dudes po uh, talking podcast, but it's just two not dudes talking. <laughs> and it's uh, Kathy Campbell, who you can find on the Incomparable uh, Podcast Network. That's awesome. So yeah, I had my, like, just for preparation, I know most of the shows, but um, I think the Robot and the Unicorn is the one I did not know about. And so I was wondering if, if like, in Alex Cox trivia, I got them all in my notes. So that's you awesome. Did, you did. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted dive into a few of those projects more in a moment but uh, first uh, tell me do you find the apple watch useful in any of those roles oh yes absolutely in terms of my jobby job actually from day one the apple watch was it, like a game changer i also do a ton of events so because events require av production so if uh we're putting on a sh a show in a theater or we're running like a game night or something like that having push notifications to my wrist was the the best thing that could have happened yeah, totally. honestly because you're constantly getting texts and updates and they're all it, it's all essential information but it's not something that you necessarily need to reply to so i mean that was amazing um and i i know that Obviously, now we're kind of at notification overload, but when I'm still doing an event, I kind of turn them all on and it's and it's perfect because I would be getting them on my phone, but it saves uh, 
per- probably at least two hours every <laughs> time I, I'm at work. It's great. In terms of podcasting, it's more of I, – I, I don't know. There's really no direct correlation except for the reminders that I have to drink water and <laughs> to breathe. Uh, I, I use the built-in breathe app that Apple has, um, and that's pretty useful. That's awesome. Yeah. In terms of like notification overload, there's – um, like one concern where if you have like every email from every sender come to your wrist, then you're just, just constantly, that's what your watch face looks like is a new email. Um, but like you said, like if you've got an event, you can turn on everything and then that's better for you. Um, cause I found like if I'm not at home in my office where I've got my Mac in front of me and, and basically like notification overload, but, but manageable, um, like if I'm just working, uh, going to an Apple event or something. Having email alerts and even like every message from Slack come through as an alert just keeps me like it lessens anxiety that I have otherwise of like, what am I missing out on from being out of my usual environment? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like a balance you have to find. You can't like leave the fire hose on all the time, but using it strategically makes a lot of sense. Um, And and one thing I want to say, by the way, is uh, with Cards Against Humanity. So I, I, I knew about it sort of, but, uh, Dubai Friday was like my first, like, uh, learning about cards against humanity route. And then, wow. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, like last Christmas, I was with my family and, um, my parents and my two sisters, we were oh, all no. just kind of hanging out for Christmas and they brought out cards against humanity. And oh, no. I was just like, I was just like, Oh, I've never actually played this before, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> kind of internet adjacent to people who are involved with it. <laughs> so they, they were impressed. And then I was just impressed with like, you know, some overlap from like my weird tech world and like the normal world of people. And uh, that was a cool moment. Um, I want, I want to dive into a few more, uh, some of the things that you, um, also do. So in Dubai Friday, um, one thing that, uh, I learned recently was from the challenge to watch the season six episode of Blue's Clues, uh, which, <laughs> yes. which I must say is nightmarish. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just from like listening to the episode, I was like cringing, not from like the discussion, but just like what happened. Cause I'd never seen it before. I've, I've seen like the first few seasons from when I was that age. Like, mm-hmm. um, they like, were both born in the nineties, right? Like I'm 1990. Are you 1990? Yep. I'm 1990. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. Um, so I knew about the early days of, of, of Blue's Clues, but not what happened to it, which, um, if, mm-hmm. if you haven't heard, like go listen to that episode of Dubai Friday. It, it is, uh, twisted. <laughs> um, did you know that there is a new Blue's Clues and you show coming? to Nickelodeon this fall in November. No. Oh and my it, goodness. It's not the twisted um blues room that was like that what <laughs> happened in, in that season six episode one episode. It's it's like the original but like modern. And it's gonna have a different host, like the third host. But um from listening to that episode and then like finding the show, I went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole and and then learned, oh, there's gonna be a new Blue's Clues season, like 20 episodes already ordered, coming to Nickelodeon this fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's sort of wild how, I, I mean, the concept was such a good, 
<laughs> Real quick, if you're not a 90s ch- child, um, the Blue's Clues is just a kid show and the concept is, oh, there's this little dog who can't t- uh, talk. She does like, <laughs> um, and to communicate, she puts paw prints on things and those are Blue's Clues and you figure out, you know, how to make a recipe or how to build a sandcastle. So it's one of like the sort of like Dora the Explorer, except way less obnoxious. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and I think what's coming next is more like the original thing and, and not the twisted thing that happened uh, for the spinoff. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Eldritch Horror. Oof. <laughs> it was wild. All right. Tell me more about Two-Headed Girl. You mentioned it at the beginning of, of, of the show. Um, I've heard the first episode and it feels like it's going to be really intense, like super raw <laughs> and the sort yeah. of thing that, that will be really informative for humanity. And, and by the way, the guitar in the background really helps like take the intensity to like a manageable level <laughs> where it's like, I feel <laughs> I, I'm a little bit nervous about what's going to come next, but, but I, I feel okay about it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that music is uh, by our friend Seth Boyer, and he's another amazing queer artist, so people should check him out. But Two-Headed Girl is sort of, uh, I, I it sounds really pretentious to call it experimental, but when my spouse came out to me as transmasculine, which isn't the same as a binary trans man which is what most people are familiar with mm-hmm. like you like men and trans men and women are men and women um but there's a whole bunch of stuff in between in terms of genders and sexualities and stuff like that and both of us you know identified slash when we met were seen as um lesbians gay women whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it and so he came out to me and was like, oh, I'm not this. I am this. And it was I, I don't want to say it's hard to was hard to process. But um, obviously, when a big thing happens like that in a marriage, uh, you talk about it a lot. And because I went to school for filmmaking, a doc- specifically documentary filmmaking, recording everything is like how I process right. things. <laughs> so for the past two or three years, we've just kind of been recording all of our conversations and um yeah you're right it's it's intense but more so i would say it, it it's an intense and sort of intimate i i guess um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's because we're just you know we we both have been finding new th- things about ourselves and and exploring sort of the world of gender um especially because i mean People know about sexuality. Like, we're finally at a place where most folks get what being gay is. Right. But really, gender is something that is way more pervasive in our lives because that happens right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's really no choice in the matter. Or, I mean, you're just, okay, you you have pink or you have blue. Um, And so... Both of us are very, we, I, I use the word queer to identify myself just because it 
like then you don't need to go through a big explanation like like right. like this you don't listen you don't need to listen to a podcast that uh, we've created <laughs> um but but it's also the first sort of narrative based show i've done in a while which is really fun it's it's an experiment that we've been tr- trying out um and people seem to like it i guess just from listening to the first episode like i i want more of this it's like almost like uh like a tv show where um you know like a documentary like you say where you want to know what happens next and so Mm -hmm. yeah i plan to share it and promote it more and i hope that uh it goes really well for for both of you oh thanks so much and and i should say we actually thought about our audience a lot um because we obviously have a, a lot of queer friends we're in the lgbt community a lot especially in chicago but uh obviously i am very much in the apple tech world right. and most like a ton of my best friends are cis white guys who work on computers all day and they love they love us so much and are absolutely wonderful and it's it's kind of one of those things where they want to ask questions they want to learn but they want to be respectful and they don't they know enough to not expect the queer people in their lives to educate them but you know someone has to so we're like why why not us so it's, right. it's i hope it's as accessible uh, as possible for people who aren't familiar with this type of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I've grown up in Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, and then spent some time in Florida, and 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 so that's like the American South, which you don't associate with like being progressive and and even open, you know, dialogue between people. Um, but at college, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of uh, queer friends. And in South Florida, I met a lot of queer friends working at the Apple store. It was, it was, and, and even then, like, I don't feel like listening to this, this episode one, it's like, oh, I'm learning things I didn't know. And it reminded me of the, one of the recent episodes of Queer Eye on Netflix, where they have the episode that's specifically about uh, someone who's trans. And even then, like the host of that show had questions and didn't know things and didn't know I how to discuss that it. episode. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just kind of all about talking about things like f- folks don't really know what I, I, I shouldn't make a generalization, but I mean, even I 10 years ago didn't have the vocabulary or understand what b- being non-binary is. And I would, I didn't understand like, oh, these I did not have the words to realize what I am or how I think and stuff like that, because being gay like it was, you know, once you're uh, basically once you're like 18, I was like, okay, I got this, you know, Catholic school. It's like, all right, I've I've accepted this. But, you know, gender is something that is constantly a changing for some folks, not Mm -hmm. everybody, um, but that. You know, I just didn't think about it, but yeah, I I apologize. This is a watch show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get back to that in a moment. But I'm I'm just so like I'm, I'm being greedy with your time, and I just I I want to know more oh, about this. So, yeah, um, and, and you mentioned like when you're born, you know, it's it's blue or pink, and that kind of thing is like 
reinforced in, in like even technology and software these days where, mm-hmm. you know, it's yep. male, female, or maybe other if you're lucky. And that just mm-hmm. reinforces mm-hmm. for people like what you're exposed to. That, that's just like, this is what it is. Like at best you get other. Um, so, so that's awesome. Like, like using that podcast as a learning opportunity for me and then hearing you two talk and how intense and, 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 and personal it gets. It's like, it's really neat. It's like dropping in on, one of those really like great heart to heart conversations you have with a friend or somebody, um, but in podcast form. Um, what should we expect to hear uh, discussed about mental illness with Two Headed Girl? Oh, I mean, both of us are bipolar, and that is something we're really passionate about in terms of raising awareness, not just about queerness, but uh, mental illness, because mm-hmm. neither of those things <laughs> were choices that we made. It it just right. happened. Um, and there's a lot of uh, other than being bipolar, which is something that a lot of folks are born with. Um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of situational depression and anxiety that is put upon queer people, especially trans folks. Um, the, I mean, this is a, a huge bummer, but like suicide rates for trans youth is kind of through the roof. Right. It is one of the things that breaks my heart the most. Um, and so we just sort of explore that and how lucky we were um, in terms of having, you know, resources and and stuff like that, just because we had insurance as well as exploring, you know, we, we talked to our friends and people who don't have insurance as well as, um, you know, people who have had experiences with being hospitalized specifically because of, gender issues and stuff like that so i mean the answer is pretty much you're gonna hear a whole bunch of different stuff all all over the place um but i mean that's that's just such an integral part about uh i'm sorry an integral part of our stories um and specifically actually uh spoilers uh hrt which is hormone replacement therapy um women take estrogen men uh, usually take testosterone and that you know can have a weird mix with your if you're on any sort of medication for your mental health so it's you know there's a a lot more to come (laughs) yeah so that's another thing so so that mention of mental illness is on the website for Mm two-headed girl Mm -hmm. but but not so much in episode one um and and that also got my attention because i've had a few just even from being like a teenager um and and on but like right now i'm 28 i guess we're both 28 um but for my 20s and on there have been three incidents where i didn't i i didn't think like that it was like a situation where i i think this is very bad and i think the only way to get out is i want to die but but i i just go into a funk and I don't feel like myself anymore. And there have been three instances where I've, I've found myself feeling suicidal. And the most recent one was just a few weeks ago. Um, it, it, oh, I'm so sorry. Man. Yeah, it, it was, it was tough. And, and I'm happy now that like I'm on the other side of that and, and, and for what happened in the time. But, um, it was in like two weeks before WWDC started. Um, I, 
had like a weird rash in my body. And I went to the doctor thinking it was like from my kid peeing in the bed next to me and like, you know, just like a germ <laughs> thing from that. Or we'd taken a walk out in the woods recently and I thought maybe I kind of brushed up on something that made a rash. Um, but they, they were like, from the start, that's shingles. And they were like, are you stressed out? And I was like, yeah, um, because for several months, me and my partner were separated and I was kind of doing the single dad thing with two kids um, for mm -hmm. a lot of the yeah. time. And that was just like, you know, I'm stressed, but these are things I have to do and I'm glad I get to, you know, and, and I enjoy my kids. So it wasn't like a bad thing, but, but admittedly, like there are things that make it hard to do that. And so there was more stress than usual. Um, and so they, you know, I, I got like a steroid shot and antibiotics and a painkiller because the rash is also sort of painful. Um, and, and that mix of like, just every time I take painkillers, like it can put you in a weird place. Uh, oh, it, for it, sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I mean, your body was reacting to, to your brain. Um, when, when people talk about mental illness, I almost wish that we had a better word for or a better way to talk about it because mm -hmm. you're <laughs> there actually used to be a commercial that was like depression hurts and it it was just the cheesiest commercial but yeah but, it, but it's true your body biologically reacts mm -hmm. when there's stuff going on with your brain yeah totally um and and now for the first time ever, like I feel a, a real caution about taking pain medicine, you know, like, like I've taken Tylenol since then, but my brother is someone who's always dealt with addiction and, um, to this day, it's a struggle for him. And I, so I've witnessed that. So I've never felt like, like drugs are a problem for me because I'm, I'm exposed to how hard it's been for my brother. Um, but even just like taking prescription pain medicine, it felt like it, 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 I felt really good, but for the wrong reasons. Um, and then, yeah. and then mm -hmm. afterwards there was this hard crash. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that was tough, but, um, I, I, it, it's something that I've gotten through before. Um, but where it all went to was, I just felt, I guess I, I look back at it now and it's like just intense, intense anxiety where I felt mm -hmm. an allergy to new information, like anything that would give me a message, even like, you know, for working for nine to five Mac, like my job is to process like all the information about Apple news and put mm -hmm. it in, and, and, you know, put it out there, but like any kind of message, a text message, an email, um, it just threw me for a loop in a bad way. Um, and there was a period where I wouldn't wear my Apple watch because I was like, that's like, the most information, like I don't want a stand alert because anything that, that makes me process yeah. information was just too much for me. Um, and then it got so bad to where, uh, you know, if I'd like reach into my pocket for my keys, I'd panic. And, and it was just like, I'd, I'd worry, what if they weren't there? And it took about three weeks for that, that like unmanageable anxiety to kind of become more manageable and things like, you know, breathing slowly helped out a lot. But, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I canceled the trip for WWDC, um, and I went into the hospital because I didn't feel safe, you know, around myself um, for a few days. And what ultimately happened was a friend of mine noticed that with activity sharing on the watch that I wasn't getting any activity at all, and they were worried about me. Um, so they came over to check on me, and I was like, everything is okay. Um but the next day they accidentally FaceTime called me. It was like a butt dial situation. Um, but it was, it was great because I answered it and I was just like, I feel way worse and I don't, I, I need to go for a ride and be around somebody. I don't want to be alone right now. Mm -hmm. and, and we, we talked in the car on the ride and ultimately decided like, 
I want to be somewhere, not just right now, but, but, you know, maybe for a few days and, and see where this goes. So, um, I went into the hospital and said, you know, I, I don't feel safe by myself. I don't feel safe in my head. And I spent three nights there and, um, it was, it was a really good experience. And I'm so lucky I had a friend that kind of, you know, noticed what was happening, but also like stumbled mm -hmm. into, mm -hmm. you know, helping me. Um, and at the hospital for those three nights, like the, the last day there was WWDC day one. So, which is like one of the biggest days for nine to five Mac. And I'm so lucky that like my boss was so understanding and my coworkers mm -hmm. carried the mm -hmm. load while I was away. Um, but I met someone who they warned me about like, when the staff did, they were like, there's someone here who's very abrasive and just, just don't let them bother you. Don't let them get to you. And it ended up being someone who was kind of a friend in high school, like, Oh wow. Yeah, definitely out there. And he was like, Oh, it's so good to see you here. And, and, you know, <laughs> being in, in that room at that time, like I didn't, nothing was great, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he took me back. Like he was, it was, it was really weirdly perfect because he was like, Oh, you were so good at guitar and you taught me all these guitar riffs. And he was like singing lyrics in my head that I hadn't heard in years. And, and he really like made me feel appreciated too. Um, and, and he's got, you know, like, I, I think he has issues that were much bigger than mine. Um, but it was so good to connect with him and, and be able to tell him like, thank you for what you've given me like these last few days. Um, but, but even what got me like, and, and, and now I've gone to the doctor and I'm taking Prozac and, and, and mm -hmm. something to help sleep. Um, and then, you know, trying to breathe more <laughs> when I, when I feel anxious mm -hmm. and, and stressed and heightened situations. Um, but, but it's, it's so hard to, talk about even with like loved ones because you don't want them to worry and you don't want to worry them. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like going to a therapist helps, but like hearing something on a podcast where it's like a stranger sometimes and it's like in the comfort of wherever you are, it can be so informative and helpful, I think. So we're absolutely, I mean, uh, both my spouse and I have unfortunately slash fortunately been hospitalized for similar things um i w when you're bipolar you have what are called manic episodes mm -hmm. that are psychotic episodes is what people would kind of associate them with um and you know before being on the right medication that was something that in my early 20s was really really hard and i was lucky enough to have people who noticed oh something is is not right um and the the same way with my spouse maddie um right before transitioning ended up in in the hospital and mm -hmm. uh, yeah obviously all of uh thank you so much for sharing that story and also for you know being able to recognize that you needed help uh but that's something that we really like to be open about mm -hmm. just because i i mean obviously the stigma but sometimes when you hear strangers talk about it, it it's uh just kind of like oh right there are tons of other folks who've yeah. gone through this it's it's not this big you, you know it sucks to be in a psych ward. It right. is, I am not a fan. <laughs> um, oh, but also I have, I don't enjoy hospitals and like there's, you know, a whole bunch of things w with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but realizing, oh, yeah, 
the same way someone was hospitalized for pneumonia. Wow. Super, super sucks. But that really, really helped them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also kind of, I mean, I I bet that the people close to you kind of, while being very, very concerned, there is sort of this relief knowing that someone is in a safe place where Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, aren't they're They're being supervised by professionals and stuff like that. And, I just wish more people would talk about their hospitalizations, honestly, because mm-hmm. it I I don't want to say it's not a big deal at all, um, but it's de- definitely, obviously, nothing to be ashamed of. And n- most, n- not most, I, I know that I, I keep putting conditionals on all <laughs> these, but a lot of people don't even know that that's an option. Right. You know, I didn't and, know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad that, you know, you realized that was an, an option and were mm-hmm. able to take care of yourself. Yeah, there's a few things there. Um, one is, is if, so the first time I ever talked about it with a friend, like I thought that everyone had felt the way I'd felt, you know, sometimes you're suicidal, sometimes you're deeply depressed, sometimes you're depressed mm-hmm. for a long, long time. And to hear someone who I know and trust and love say, honestly, I've never felt that way before, you know, um, is two things is one is that a lot of people do feel that way and it's great to meet those people and connect with them and you feel like less like the problem mm-hmm. is you and it's just like something that that humans go through um but i also found that it was informative to know that it because part of it was i thought everyone felt this way at some point and so there's no mm-hmm. need to bring it up because we all have to deal with our own problems um so anytime there's a way to talk about it in the open with people you trust, with strangers, like if it's possible, I think it can make a big difference. And and it's an age-old problem of, you know, trying to beat the stigma, but it's, you know, relating it to like pneumonia in the hospital, it's it's like that. It felt that way. Um, and when I was in the hospital, I'm sure for you as well, like it's not a vacation. Um, it's not like time, time off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know for me, it was like... Um, 6 a.m. We need to take blood from your arm. <laughs> and, um, yep, yep. Um, reg- Those wake up calls yep. are rough. Yeah, regular vital signs every few hours, and um, you know, uh, putting in your meals and not knowing if what you got was what you put in, and it's all just like it's it's uh, <laughs> it's not a vacation at all. Um, but but even before that happened, I was thinking uh, I was thinking about my depression and, and anxiety, um, and hearing. I listen to a lot of running podcasts, like not just tech podcasts, but podcasts from like. Just they, they focus on like health and fitness and, and, and mostly from female hosts because I just find that it's, it's just, it's more comfortable for me to listen to. Um, but there was one episode of a podcast that, that caught me. Um, and I'll have a link in the show notes. I don't recall the, the, the name of the podcast and the, the guest, but, um, the runner talked about, you know, dealing with, with marriage and separation, being a single parent and not being able to run anymore and, and dealing with an eating disorder and, and going to the doctor and taking antidepressants and like it was all really personal but just hearing it out in the open was like oh those those are things that you know i might need to do too just like you know you listen to like a productivity podcast or something and you're like oh i want to be more productive um i want to go and like rearrange my home screen or like um you know improve my my software Uh, it can be the same way i think personally too and and so any chance that i've got to talk about it uh now i'm i'm convinced that it's uh you know net positive (laughs) Yeah, I, I, that's such a good comparison. It's like 
yeah, I want to get GTD, and also I, wa- yeah. <laughs> I, I want to upgrade my brain. Yes. I, I mean, GTD was actually a huge, uh, hugely beneficial to my mental health, and I think that's why I gravitated towards a lot of tech and productivity stuff because it was incredibly helpful for my mental health. Um, and that's also something that's not talked about where if, you know, even if you have a quote healthy brain, um, there's all this stuff that you can really benefit from and mental health. Even if you aren't diagnosed with anything, there's always way to ways to improve your mental health. Um, and I mean, I don't, for example, I, I don't have, um, ADHD. And so I, when I talk to folks like who have that, like, like Merlin, it's like, Oh wow. I have never felt that way. And he's like, yeah. And I've never felt the way you have. And it's just this really great exchange of just figuring out how humans work and being able to try to empathize and understand Mm -hmm. each other more and just seeing different viewpoints, not just culturally or socially or sexually or anything, but just, you know, the core inner squishy bits of our heads. Yeah. Like how our brain works is such a mystery and it can, it can feel uncomfortable to feel like it's different and it can be so relieving when you can kind of make patterns and, and see how you're the same with, as people and different from people. Um, and, and just something as basic as productivity and, and using like the getting things done system or any kind of task manager where you can take information out of your head and let, let something else work for you and keep that for you. And it, it makes me think also of like a password manager, you know, when you, mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. deal with anxiety, you're like, you know, you're looking for the answer to something. It, it's bothering you more than it might need to. Um, and like, I have to appreciate my password manager. So I use one password. It's like, I, n- I never need to think about like, what is my password? And if, and if it doesn't work, I can quickly reset it and make a new one and have it stored. Um, and just as much as, as we all deal with these days, like having apps like that to kind of carry some of the load, it, it makes a, a difference. It certainly does. Absolutely. I mean, I think of OmniFocus as basically an attachment to my brain. It's, it's like a little plug-in I have. Yeah. And uh, same with 1Password. Mm-hmm. Same with, I mean, just a, a calendar. Yes. A smart yeah. calendar and and contacts. Like you, you being able to not, uh, not have to remember a million different addresses and phone numbers and emails. Yeah. I really wonder, uh, I, I don't know that th- this is dark. I do not know if I would be able to survive without the amount of tech that's in my life. Right. Not, I, not so much tech, but the amount of, you know, discussion around what do you need to keep in your head mm-hmm. versus what you can really dig in for, with in terms of your time and attention and stuff like that. Yeah. When I was in the hospital, you could, dial a nine and dial a number out at certain hours and, and call people. And, um, my dad came to visit and he was like, if you need anything, just call me. And, and, um, he, he was like, do you have my phone number? And I was like, no way. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, and then he like wrote it down and gave it to me, but I was still in that funk of like, I don't want any numbers, data, anything. It makes my brain feel terrible. Um, yep. And so, like, I hid his number for myself. But when it came time to leave, and they're like, "Okay, we think you're, you know, I think it's okay for you to go back home now," um, I needed to call someone, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I didn't have, like, you know, I couldn't have any technology with me, so I, I had 
there was one phone number in my head, which was my partner's phone number. Luckily, I, I could call her and uh, have her come pick me up. But before then, I couldn't have told you like her phone number. It was just like when I needed it, it did surface. But um, gone are the days of having to carry that in your head. And and you know we'd make it otherwise, but like we would make it in a different way, maybe less effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe whole new problems. Um, uh, let's try and get back to the watch a little bit. Uh, so <laughs> I don't actually know how you use your Apple watch beyond, you know, how you've described for work. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, do you use it for any, any, um, like activity tracking actively or working out, or do you just let it collect data in the background or how do you use it for, for activity tracking? Absolutely. I use the activity rings like most folks do. Uh, I, I just think it's kind of a fun gamification of, uh, you know, working out and stuff like that. I, I also find that working out is really beneficial to mm-hmm. my mental health. And I know that when I am not closing all of those rings that I really, that something's wrong and I need to kind of focus on what needs to change. Uh, I also do a, I track my heart rate um, because I, I sometimes suffer from panic attacks and I don't even know that it's happening. But then it's like, hey, your heart rate has just skyrocketed and you don't seem to be moving everything. OK, <laughs> and then it's I'm able to take a step back Um and, you know, I, I do a lot of things that I could do on my phone, like logging water, mm-hmm. uh, checking, you know, little calendar events, stuff like that. It's one of those things where until it's gone, I don't realize how much I miss it. Yeah. Um, like right, right now I have the beta on, <laughs> on here. So right. it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a mess right now. Um, but the, the other essential part of my workflow is, the Pomodoro method. So 20 minutes of straight focused work, five, a five minute break, mm-hmm. another 20 minutes and five minute break, and then eventually a longer break and so on. Um, and I'm just able to feel connected while not having, well, being away from my phone, which I, I love my phone. It's the best thing in the world. It is an infinite library in my hands. I, there's nothing. It, it's my dream. It's, it's a magical device that I always wanted as a kid. Uh, but there's something about the watch where it, it's less of a sensory input in some ways. Mm-hmm. It just feels like I have just enough information where if I need to take action on it, I can. But most of the time, it's like, all right, uh, Maddie, my, my spouse Maddie is on their way home from work. Or someone said, hey, I, I got this thing done that I was been waiting on. So really, it's it's almost like it's taking away a lot a lot of stress. And, and there have been times, I, I, like I've been like you, where I'm just like, nope, nope, I'm out. And I kind of throw my watch across the room. And (laughs) it's like, I don't want anything. I I don't want even to feel something vibrating on my wrist. But the majority of the time, it has been extremely beneficial for me. Yeah, something that that I'm finding through this last experience is that there's, there's, I mean, you hear it all the time, but there's a balance to everything. And, and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, 
if, if you get a sensory overload, like it's okay to take it off, like wash, you know, take a shower, wash it. Like you feel away from everything, like actually away from everything. Um, and, and with exercise. So, you know, you mentioned exercise. It's a way to, to kind of de-stress. Um, and, and that's totally been my experience. And like, even like logging my meals, um, and creating a routine of what I'm eating. It's like, there's less variable for like, what am I going to eat? Am I going to like make a bad decision and, and like veg out when I don't want to, and then feel negative about that. If I, if I can just like almost program it, then it's like one mm-hmm. less thing to to think about. Um, and with exercise, like, so, so I've had, I had a great like weight loss experience with the Apple watch and then had a, an episode of depression and then just like, couldn't keep up my routine. Um, and, and, and I've been trying to kind of recreate what I did before. And that's been super frustrating because it's, it's, it was hard then it's harder now. Um, and, and, and what I'm kind of realizing is that if you're pushing mm-hmm. yourself, you know, further then then it's like, it is stressful on your body. So you've got to kind of like analyze, like, and decide like, what do I need right now? Do I need this for like stress relief or am I pushing myself further? Can I handle going further? Um, yep, yep, and, for sure. Yeah. And I've, I've been trying to make sure I close all my, all three of my rings because I, I, I did it for like well over a year perfectly. Um, and, and now I'm kind of thinking like, I want to do stand, I want to do move every day, but like if I can't close the exercise ring for some reason, like I've closed the move ring, but I haven't closed the exercise ring, then do I, do I need to prioritize like time with my family and like time with people or like, like rest time or, yeah, yeah. yeah or, or like sleep or do I want to like, go the extra way and like close all three rings and like making decisions, but not being obsessive about it in, in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of the same way in, in terms of finding that balance. But uh, there, there are times when I do get into the, I, I become that dark and twisty person yeah. where it, I, I literally have reminders to eat and to drink along with reminders to stand and breathe um, and, and that can be a, a good thing because sometimes I am just really focused on my work and my body just isn't telling me to keep up with the vital functions. Right. Um, but I, I also try to think about, okay, if I'm not closing these rings, w- why not? Um, yeah. and it's like, oh, I, it's because I've been extremely anxious and depressed and haven't mm-hmm. watched or I have been watching TV all day and haven't moved from the couch. Um, or, you know, I if I see that I haven't met my move goal, it's like have I at right right now actually it's set pretty pretty low um because I've been focusing the like the exercise thing is um what what is I'm not I'm not sure like the calorie burning is higher but the actual move goal is is less I'm not sure I've been using a couple things. Yeah, there's like there's like passive calories, which, or, which I guess you're going to burn like anyway. And then there's mm-hmm, active mm-hmm. calories, and that's what shows up on your move ring. And then exercise, and that's whatever you want it to be. And then exercise is like always 30 minutes, like globally for everybody. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I've actually been meeting my exercise goal more than my move goal, right. and then that makes me realize I'm not out and about talking to people or i'm not engaging with the world as much as i should be Mm -hmm. and you know that's not a a, luckily that's not usually a daily thing that i need to worry about but um it's just something i like to keep up with and i do like how the activity uh watch app will kind of ping you and be like hey you haven't um you haven't done your move goal in like a week or 
good job. You've double, doubled your yeah. move goal. Uh, and, and another, I, I don't know if we'll get to this, but another really, really vital part of the Apple Watch for me is, is sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, it's also a thing of, it, it says, oh, you got more sleep today. What, what was, uh, what was different? Or you got less sleep. What was different? And it's so helpful for me to have all of this data. Yeah, it's like sleep is one of those things where it's like, um, you know, you think about your personality and like, am I a good person? Am I nice? <laughs> you know, uh, and it's like you and you want to you want to you kind of have like the best answers for yourself uh, or, or, you know, maybe maybe you don't. But um, you with, with sleep, like you think how much sleep did I get? And, and usually like if it's like the same as always, then I think you feel like it's good. Um, if it's relatively like less then you kind of pick up on it, but but it can be like five to four to five hours a night and you feel like yeah i got good sleep because it's the same as usual but when you can mm-hmm. put a number on it that's honest and not just like you're kind of reckon then it's like it can be so telling um and when you can Absolutely. make patterns of like how can i improve this like what's making it less if if you oversleep that, that can be negative and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any way you can kind of quantify what you're doing anyway and try and actively make changes to it it's that's that's awesome I, I'd like to recommend to folks the app. Well, actually, for, first of all, if you're interested in sleep tracking with the, uh, um, Apple Watch at all, Sleep Plus Plus by, you know, the internet's boyfriend <laughs> underscore David Smith right. is free to start with and it's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but then if you feel like you've, you're really having issues or you really want to dive into the data, Sleep Watch is something I love because it has, this percentage of, oh, you slept, uh, you only got 80% of the amount of sleep that you want, or you have, you slept 110%. Like, so why are you staying in bed more? Stuff like that. Um, and it, it also helps me figure out if I am in either a depressive state where, oh, wow, you got twice as much sleep, which unfortunately doesn't happen, <laughs> happen <laughs> often, or if I'm feeling great, but really I'm only getting three hours of sleep, I, I realize, oh, I'm in a hypomanic state. How do I right. make myself tired? How, how do I, you know, and fitness comes into that, like, all right, I just need to run. Uh, well, for me, an elliptical, because I hate, uh, I'm sorry, I hate running so much. Um, so, <laughs> I love the elliptical too. Yeah, it's it's just, it's like a little roller coaster for your legs. I love it. I uh, did it for a year before I ever started running. So I totally love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm slowly getting that on, on the running train, mostly because, wow, it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes anywhere with you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but that's been, I, I mean, now that I'm talking about it, I, I had like these notes, but they're, I'm realizing even m- more like, oh yeah, I use the watch for this and this yeah, and this. Uh, and you know, the, the phone was able to do some of this, but the biofeedback, I think is going to be huge in the decades to come and having, th- an Apple Watch also gives me the sense of security um, and privacy because, you know, we've been talking about health issues and in the U.S. it's not guaranteed that you have insurance. Right. I'm lucky enough to have it, but also I have a pre-existing condition. And if for some reason insurance company can get access to like 
Fitbit's information or something, you know, it has all of that in there. Whereas I feel completely secure putting all of my uh, health data into my iPhone and mm-hmm. using my Apple Watch to keep track of all of that. Yeah, Apple's got the like decades of talking about it and proving that they actually care. Um, it isn't like, oh, now we're going to do health stuff. So let's start talking about privacy. They've been on this train for a long time. So uh, they're uniquely positioned to offer these kind of things. Um, I'm curious, you, you mentioned that you, you track your, your heart rate and, and kind of see spikes as like signs of, you know, you, you, um, you know, uh, kind of being wired. Um, uh, what, do you know what your resting heart rate is? Like, I'm just curious. It is, it's getting, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> it is typically throughout the work day, about 85, okay. which is, I know it's not, not great. Um, and then walking heart rate is like 95 yeah. sleeping gets around 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have it set to be once it goes over a hundred, it lets me, it, if I'm inactive and it goes over uh, 110, maybe right. it's like, it gives me an alert. Yeah. Um, so you, you're, you're a fitness guy. Can I ask what, what is your resting heart rate? Is it like 60? So, um, I've just started putting it on the watch face as like a thing that's, you know, it shows you throughout the day. Um, and so before I, I wouldn't know, like, and it tracks it, but like, you know, I wouldn't know like at any given moment. Um, lately, just since I've been paying attention to it, it's been like, um, like, like 50 or like 48. And I'm just like sitting at my desk oh, working. Oh man, awesome, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but that didn't directly correlate to like feeling good in my head. And so when I was in the <laughs> hospital, um, you know, they would check your vitals and like, you know, I think part of, part of me felt like they were judging me for even being there, which, which is just not a good feeling. Um, but they take my vitals and it was like 42 <laughs> beats per minute. You can't be feeling stressed. And I'm like, no, you have no idea. <laughs> I, oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, totally. Um, And then I I do notice like, oh, I'm in like the 90s and I'm not exercising. Like there is some some correlation Mm -hmm. there. Um, But it it was one of the, like when I was um, running even more than I am now, I went to the doctor for the, like for the first time for like a checkup in a while. And and it was like in the 40s and they were like, oh, you're a runner? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I was so proud of that. Um, just, just because I was like, oh, and there, there's, you know how the watch has the ECG function where you take the electrocardiogram on the series four. Um, yeah, yeah. if it's under like 40, it won't, it won't give you one <laughs> or like under 45. What? So wow. I've had, I've had a few times where it's like, you might not be well, <laughs> go and check it. Oh man. Yeah. And, and I've done sleep tracking too with the watch. Um, most effectively when I have like an, like an older watch that I've upgraded from just to have around for testing and I can like wear that at night because I use the heck out of my battery mm-hmm. on my, my regular watch. Mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. I've used sleep plus plus, like sleep cycle, sleep watch, pillow. Um, auto sleep is the one that I, it's like one of the only paid ones, but I've had a good experience with that too. Um, and, and it all, they all feed into like the Apple health app and I spend not much time in the actual app, but just like looking at it in Apple's health app. Um, but in some cases like that'll, you know, wearing the watch every night, you see like your, your sleeping heart rate, which is, I guess, even yes. lower than like mm-hmm. when you're just hanging out chilling. And, uh, like in the, like high thirties when I'm sleeping. Um, and so you, just like you mentioned, you can have those high heart rate alerts notify you, you know, you're not exercising, but your heart rate's up, you know, think about it. Um, you all, you can also get your heart rate is too low. Are you okay? Alerts. And yeah. so for sleep tracking for me, and probably a lot of people, you've got to turn those off for just for the low rate alerts, because you'll wake up with like 
40 instances of, of those alerts. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So if Apple ever does like built-in sleep tracking, I think that'll need to be a factor. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I think it will be actually because, you, you know, um, so many runners are using the Apple Watch more and more. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, you you know this better than me. Um, and there is such a huge variability. Um, I shouldn't have said that I'm embarrassed about my heart rate because my doctor says it's okay and then it's getting better. So every, everybody's different. Exactly. Um, totally. So, but that's, that's the thing too, is with the, I love being able to see how much my heart rate has dipped when I'm sleeping, Mm -hmm. because that is another factor of, I'm definitely stressed if my heart rate's only gone down like 10%. Yeah. Your your sleep wasn't good sleep when your heart rate's high and you're sleeping like, that's when you want to rest. Yeah. There are some times when it goes up and that's when I'm like, wow, you really, really got to check yourself. Luckily, that rarely happens. But, you know, I wouldn't. uh, Unfortunately, when you're in that place, you don't really have the the self-awareness. Right. You, you know, normally would. So just having, you know, something go bleep bloop in my face is, is really helpful. Yeah. The, the thing about like the heart rate being low overnight too, like if you've got, you've got the right duration of sleep, like the, the quality wasn't what you wanted it to be. If you can mm-hmm. see your heart rate was like spiked throughout the night, then you feel like it's not just me. Like I'm not just being lazy or like whining. I, I literally like physically had right. bad sleep and, and this mm-hmm. data, the data shows it and you kind of like feel, you take the, the pressure off of yourself in that, in that way. And I've, I've loved hearing about Merlin's sort of like ongoing journey of ways to lower his heart rate overnight and obsessing mm-hmm, over it. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in those moments when you're sleeping, you literally can't do anything about it. You, you're not like you're sleeping. <laughs> you're not aware. Um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and so he's been trying to find ways I, I, from what, you know, what I'm listening to is like, how can I get into sleep mode before I go to sleep? Like lower your heart rate before you go to sleep and, and, and that way. So it's, there's no like answer for all of these things, but it's just like a journey that we're kind of all kind of on. Um, yeah, which which is scary, but I also love it. Yeah. I I do like that. It seems as if doctors are kind of taking this data more seriously, which is pretty cool. I I mean, it used I used to wear a Fitbit, um, you know, and I've always liked trying to gamify my health, especially mm-hmm. when I was uh, less f- physically healthy, um, and. But now, uh, like I had a, a doctor ask me like, Oh, have, have you been tracking your sleep? And I was like, what? <laughs> no. And he's like, Speaking it, my it's language. not scientific, yeah. but you know, it's good to keep track. And I was like, dang, dude. Wow. <laughs> um, and I, I do send in my, uh, EKG stuff just because I, um, the, my primary care person has a little thing for that. That's so awesome. it's, yeah, I, I actually, my, my friend James T. Green, um, he, his life has been literally saved by the Apple Watch yes. twice. Yeah. Um, he was in one of those, uh, Apple, little Apple promo videos that made me cry. Uh, right. and just, he ha- has this heart condition. And, um, you know, to most folks, it, it looks normal. And he was telling, you know, the EMT is, no, 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 for me, this is not normal. And it, you know, saved him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I want to wrap up here so so I don't steal too much of your time, but you, you mentioned that you're using the beta. So I, I have to ask, is, is there anything coming in watchOS 6 that you're looking forward to the most or you, you know, even using it so far? Honestly, like, what, what's even coming? Like you to... get, when, when you run it, you just get used to it. 
Yeah. What's what's different now? I mean, there's new watch. I, I, I am excited that there is um just just more ways to see different complications. Yeah. I'm glad that they've added that. Um but really I'm I'm just waiting for I'm I'm sure we're eventually going to get sleep tracking and eventually get in always on um screen. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I wouldn't go I wouldn't ever go to and what is it Android Wear or yeah where I don't even know what it's called um just because of that security reason be be not I I just don't care that much about seeing the time instantly because yeah. it used to be that I would pull out my phone to see the time so I'm right. still you know it it's like whatever yeah. I I wasn't really a watch wearer before this right yeah, so many of us were not. Yeah, and I don't think Android Wear is a very healthy platform. It's like night and day with how the Apple Watch has been compared to everything else in, in that mm-hmm, space right. for, for what it does. Um, and is there anything that's kind of health or fitness related that you'd like to see in a future version of the watch software? Hmm, I was thinking about that. And I mean, other than sleep, it's sort of like maybe maybe just adding more and and more ways to more accurately track your your workouts yeah. and stuff um and and track how many calories you're burning a day uh i oh I'm really excited for the possibility of diabetic folks yeah. to check their blood sugar levels um I mean. I don't know. Is, is there anything you're super excited about or you're looking forward to? Yeah, the, the diabetic angle is a really good one. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of reporting that there's, you know, an investment and in work on some non-invasive way to check those levels, which would be like a breakthrough for the world. Like if you don't have to prick yourself, like that's that's amazing. Um, for me, like mm-hmm. a kind of a drum I've been beating on lately is, is and just from, you know, looking at a decade of experiences and thinking like ways that have helped me in an analog way, but like make it digital is like, um, you know, you mentioned how the workout app can like activity can give you like um, a heads up of like, you know, you've been doing okay lately, you know, you, you, you've fallen off a little bit. Those are useful. Um, but I think like something that's directly focused on like mood, that's like, you know, maybe it's like the mood app. Um, but it's just like a, a place you can go and capture like almost like journal how you're mm-hmm. feeling, um, in the moment, you know, with your, with your sort of vitals uh, captured automatically and everything. And yes, and, that, and, I mean, I've been trying so hard to kind of hack a, a way to get my mood journal to sync with, uh, you know, seeing the correlation with yeah. my health data. And, uh, I, I'm so glad that, um, Apple Health now has, um, period tracking and all of that. Right. But I would just, just like a, a number at the end of the day that you yeah. put into your Apple Watch because there's a ton of great, you know, mood tracking apps that do that, but there isn't yet anything that I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's something. You're right that that's something that would be great, but I feel like because there's not a ton of science there, they don't want to put um, it in. You know right? What I mean? Yeah. It's more of a yeah. Like it's not know. like a hard Even, metric. It's like it's more. It's yeah. almost like flimsy, but it, and it's personal mm-hmm, and relative, mm-hmm. so it's hard to do that in the same app that you're putting all the things that are hard metrics. 
Um, but yeah. like, I, I often like want to know, like, what was the weather at this like time of the year a year ago? And like, is it hotter or colder than that? Like almost like an almanac of, of weather, but like that for mood, it's like in, in August, mm-hmm. like, does my mood go down? And like, what, you know, should I prepare for that? And like, try to try to mitigate that, you know, like, and, and maybe I just need my own system for, for doing this, but I'm, I'm, I'd love to see it come from the Apple watch. I've actually been using for a while now this service called exist.io. Right. Um, and what's great about it is it's, you know, a fairly basic mood tracking app. Uh, I, I pretty much just put in a number each day, scale one to five. Um, but you can have custom tags. And so I will tag if, you know, my mood was great today. What was it? Was it my partner? Was it work or, or if it was a bad day, was it work? Was I, did I get bad sleep? And then the, the data that it spits out is really interesting. Um, because I, I realized, uh, you know, a lot of folks have seasonal depression yeah. in the winter. I am the opposite. <laughs> I, a, I, I'm just a Yeti. I function way better in the colds. Um, me too. It, yeah. It, it has to do with allergies, actually. Mm. Um, and apparently, you know, anything that's close to your head actually does affect your mental health. And sure. Because my allergy, allergies are bad in the spring and summertime. That's when uh, my brain gets a little wonky. And that's when I know that I need to be more aware of what's going on. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, final question. Is there anything you're looking forward to, um, like looking forward? Are there any health goals that you have or even like creative goals that you think the watch will be useful for? Hmm. I think there is a big opportunity to create more on the watch. Mm -hmm. I've been using dictation more and more, but also I've been recording stuff for podcasts uh, directly on my watch. Um, with, uh, I, I was using just press record, but now there's going to be the voice memos app. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I'm excited for. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Um, and in terms of health goals, I mean, I never want to give people advice about health or I, I, I mean, I love talking about mental health, but also with the big caveat of, hey, you see how like weird I am in that, but weird by, I mean, different, like you, you, you're different in a, in some other way. So yeah, that, that's what I want from the Apple Watch and just, you know, uh, keep adding different ways like i i'd love to have a a tennis workout and then you'd be able to track um you know like how hard your swing is yeah like that and actually you know something i'm I'm very gung-ho on like wearables so maybe if you had an additional just a, a tiny um something for your other wrist and then it is tracking both i know that there are some third party things you can do for tennis and for golf and and stuff like that so yeah uh i'm I'm excited for the apple watch to become the apple glasses (laughs) there you go like apple everywhere on you (laughs) awesome well thank you alex so much for joining me i tell everyone thank you but for you i really mean it uh because because you know we know of each other but we we don't know each other super well and so i i really appreciate you joining me and doing this episode with me thank you yeah, I was I was uh, looking you at you, for you at Dub Dub, and um, it it was a blur, and I didn't even think to to message you, and I'm bummed that you weren't able to go, but it's so glad that you were able to take care of yourself. Yeah, next year my goal is to like is to be there and be in better shape and 
and, and have a serious appreciation for like being in the, in the state of mind to make a trip across the country and not feel like I'm going to get lost and like panic. So uh, it, it'll be a good year next year. And, and I'm, I'm feeling way better myself. So and, and getting to talk about this with you and share with our listeners is really something that I appreciate. So thank you. Um, everyone, please check out Two-Headed Girl Podcast. Uh, of all your shows, I want everyone to like pay attention to that one the most because, like you said, it, it feels sort of experimental and it's different. Um, but I think I think it's something that you know everyone can can get something from. So so go check out Two-Headed Girl. Yeah, I would I would love that. Thank thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. <laughs>